0: Hey everybody, welcome to Faux Monday, the snackable campaign to Fomo Sapiens, which comes to you every Monday. Of course, we have a full episode of FOMO Sapiens coming on Thursday. Happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and Fomo Sapiens 24/7. Now, as a kid, I learned how to drive on a stick shift. My parents didn't have an automatic. I'm not sure why that is, but they didn't. And so I grew up learning that way and in fact I used to practice driving with my mom in a cemetery and I think that was sensible because it's like you can't kill anybody everybody's dead already and so you'd be driving around I'm in the small town in Maine driving past like my great-great-grandfather my great-uncle all these guys people they were sending me good vibes because I did get my license on Ash Wednesday which is why every Ash Wednesday I make sure that I get the ashes because I made a covenant with God that I would try to do that every year All right. So that was a digression, as they would say, Uh, Holden Caulfield would have said in the book, Catcher in the Rye. But the reason I bring that up is because there's an expression that I love. If you can't find them, grind them. If you haven't heard that, that's the point basically when you're driving stick shift. If you can't find it, you mess up, you grind those gears. And I think about that and I was not just grinding the gears in terms of driving, but as I grew up In school, I was a total grinder. I was the guy who worked way too hard on everything. I mean, my view was like maximum effort means maximum success. And there's a direct correlation between the two. I've learned that is not true, but that's how I did things. And in fact, when I got to college, I was so hardcore because I just, I felt like, oh my goodness, I'm going to flunk out of Georgetown that I would read chapters that were not assigned to me. Can you imagine? I'd be like, well, chapter seven, should know that, not assigned. I didn't get it. And I also would go to parties on Saturday night, have one beer, and then head to the library and study all the time. Now, listen, it worked for a period of time. I was successful, right? But when I sort of took my foot off the gas my junior year in Argentina, I didn't really do a lot. I was too busy living life. I got back to school and I realized I could do less work and have better outcomes because it's like anything else. It's like when you train for a sporting event, like a marathon, if you overtrain the day of the big race, you have nothing left to give. And so that's what what I realized, that being busy doesn't mean you're productive. And I know it sounds like such an obvious thing, but it's not obvious because people grind all the time. There are industries that are built on grinding. Hello, consulting. Hello, law. Hello, banking. And I just think that this culture of grinding, even now, it's like people, you know, they put in the FaceTime, they're worried about just like, logging the hours because a lot of times that's what gives us self-esteem. I remember when I was working in banking, I didn't have a very intense position. I probably worked like 60 hours a week, which is a lot of hours, but in the world of investment banking, it's basically like you're a part-time. And I would hear about my colleagues who would work all weekend long and they would brag about it. Oh, I worked a hundred hours last week and I was jealous. Can you believe it? Even though we were getting paid the same, I wanted to work more hours. And so academic culture, business culture, they they really glorify this overwork. And so that is bad. And I want to talk about that today and give some advice. Because while busyness can make you feel good, sort of justify your, your existence, I'm so important, I'm so busy, it'll kill you. And as somebody who ran into that wall myself in a big way, ended up sort of completely having a health breakdown after just overdoing it for too many years, I just I just know from personal experience that it's bad. And so I wanna give a couple of tips because we're in that period of the year when it's just like really intense. My October was nuts. And so when I get to, when I just sort of like entered November, sort of like namaste, let's slow down. Let's just try to chill and not keep up the pace of the busyness because it compounds and compounds until you burn out. So here are my tips. Number one, focus on what matters. And yeah small tasks can be a priority of course there may be things you have to do and 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 you know every day we have to get on our our sort of our to-do list and check things off but What happens a lot of times with busyness is that we end up spending so much time on little things that don't matter that we procrastinate on the big things and then we end up having to rush and scramble and do the extra hours. So be ruthless about prioritization and the little things that don't matter, just batch them together. I have a a whole email system that that I have learned over the years, kind of reading other people's, which is all about answering things right away that are important and then batching everything else for later on. So that's what you need to do with life. Just ask yourself, is this important? Do I need to do it now? If not, you, you you just don't do it. And and if you're if you're feeling like you're spending a lot of time on things that aren't important, you are probably procrastinating. So that is the big idea there. Number 2, I just had this really great conversation that we're going to air later on this season with a woman called Juliette Funt and she has a book called A Minute to Think. And we're going to talk to her in great detail about her book and her ideas. But one thing she said, which I just thought was like really smart and I liked and I'm going to implement in my life is do not schedule back-to-back meetings. So she always inserts a little pause between meetings and it allows her to prepare for the meeting. It allows her to take a little break, you know, get some water, run into the restroom, whatever you need to do. And it just kind of it gets you out of that siege mentality of like, I'm just stacking things one after another, after another, after another. And I think that's a really beautiful way of scheduling your day. It's just like, it's just being like nicer to yourself to make sure that you have the time in between meetings to do what you need to do. And also being nice to other people because you're going to be way more thoughtful when you roll into the meeting, having thought for five minutes or 10 minutes about what the heck is the agenda and what you want to achieve out of that meeting. So Juliet. You're awesome. We will get Juliet on the show. It's taped. It's coming at you in the new year. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO Sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel FOMO. Number three, bench people. Now this is a piece of advice I got from a friend of mine and I would say her name, but, but I don't know if she wants to be credited. So I'm just going to say that it's a very good friend uh, who I used to work with, who is an incredible entrepreneur and advisor of startups and just human being. And I, you know, she said, Patrick, I mean, she knows me really well. She's like family to me. So she understands the Patrick flaws, things like all the FOMO. And she said, Patrick, I noticed that you're spending a lot of time taking meetings with people who have asked to meet with you And that's cool. And you're, you know, this is, you're kind of doing it not so much for yourself. Maybe you're getting something out of these meetings and, you know, you always learn something and it's great to just connect with people. But these are people who maybe want your advice or to ask you for something. And so you could end up, and believe me, I've I've seen it happen to myself, where you spend a whole day, you look at your calendar and it's like the whole series of meetings are for other people's needs and not my own. Now, obviously we need to help each other out. But if you spend all your time solving other people's problems, you are procrastinating in solving yours, and you also have no time to solve yours. And so she introduced me to this concept called benching people. And benching is basically a very nice way of saying, hey, got your email, really busy right now, could we connect next month or the month after? Or you could say, hey, really would love to help you, Can you put this in an email and we'll just resolve it that way? And so benching people is like, I think about it in a a mental state of sort of like you're at the school nurse's office or the school principal's office or whatever, and there's that bench outside and you have to sit there till you're called in. So you're asking people to please sit on the bench until you can call them in and listen it's really easy to know if something's a priority or not. And if something is a priority and the person hasn't expressed it, maybe they will tell you, but you know, networking calls or advice or just like catch up calls, they can suck up your entire life. So create a bench and then you can just schedule people. You can say, well, every fourth Friday of the month, I'm going to do all the bench people. I'm going to do two hours of calls. We're going to do 20 minute calls at six people. We just, they've been on the bench. We're going to take them off the bench. And it's a wonderful way of not just Flaking on people or ghosting people, which is so incredibly rude. But instead, just asking them to sit on the bench until you call them back. So benching people—it's a life strategy that I use. And if I've ever benched you, you know, if you didn't like it, please tell me. But I think uh, you know, in the end, we got to everybody. So I just needed to focus on my things those days. Now, next delegation. Delegation. This is something I talk about all the time. If you have seen my TED video, how to make faster decisions, I don't make small decisions all that often anymore. Obviously I make them every day, like which socks am I gonna wear? I have a lot of socks, but you know, that's just reflexive, I just grab a pair. But when it comes to the things like, uh, that require a bit more work, like picking a restaurant to eat at, I just say to somebody, you know, you pick what you like and just make sure that it's healthy or something like that. So I, I I'm a real big believer in delegating tasks to people or to the watch, the ask the watch philosophy that I so believe in. It's powerful. And so, you know, if you can take things off your plate by by basically outsourcing them to people or the universe, do it. And final, final one. Never say you're busy. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really busy. That's uh, Number one, don't do it. It's just not interesting. Number two, I think it just it sort of primes your brain for feeling overwhelmed. It's like when you're telling people you're busy, you're also telling yourself you're busy and then you feel out of control and stressed out. So it's just not a good way to it's it'd be like if people, you know, people say, How are you today? Well, I'm terrible. Well, you know, then you're sort of like setting yourself off on this path of not feeling very good about life. So you don't have to lie and say, oh, everything's rainbows and sunshines, but you could say, well, I've had a really challenging day, but you know, I'm excited about this or that, or here's the flip side of that. So I think it's important to stay away from that kind of mindset because you're just feeding into feeling stressed out. We don't want that. So (laughs) as a reminder, my five tips, which I try to follow, I'm not perfect, but I do my best. Number one. Really focus on what matters, not on the little things that take you away from what you need to do. Number two, no back-to-back meetings. Three, bench people. Try it. You're gonna love it. It's addictive. Four, just outsource when you can. And five, don't say you're busy. Say something else. Say, hey, have you heard of FOMO Sapiens? That would be nice. (laughs) Or don't. But anyway, I hope this helps. It helped me a lot. And uh, it is that time of year. So, you know, be good to yourself. I will see you on Thursday. And until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO Sapiens. Can't get enough of FOMO Sapiens? Join me on Patreon for ad-free episodes, bonus material, and exclusive content that will help you to master FOMO and position yourself for greater success in both business and life. Go to patreon.com slash FOMO Sapiens to learn more. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I love hearing from you, so don't be shy. FOMO.